do not limit yourself. If you have something that you want to do, take the time, do your research, make it happen. That's the voice of Brent Jarvis, owner of Clean Cut Woodworking. And I'm excited to talk with him right after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, what do you know about Shaper Tools? Specifically, the Shaper Origin. As a listener to this show, you can try a Shaper Origin risk-free for 30 days in your own shop. That's right, in your own shop. Just by visiting shapertools.com forward slash furniture brand to learn more. The handheld CNC router that has brought digital precision and efficiency of workflow to so many people is yours to try risk-free. Use it to tackle your joinery, your cabinetry, your hardware installations, and more with speed, precision, and the reliability your business needs. If you want to learn more or to give it a risk-free 30-day try, just visit shapertools.com forward slash furniture brand or check the link in the show notes. And now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with Brent Jarvis, owner of the New Orleans, Louisiana-based company Clean Cut Woodworking. What makes you money and what makes you happy are two things that people are always trying to bring together. In this pursuit, you have to remember that sometimes what brings you happiness changes, and sometimes what makes you money changes, and you have to be able to recognize and adapt to make sure you end up where you want to be with both. This process is something Brent is very familiar with. So, follow along as we talk about finding your spot in the woodworking industry, customer service, and how it puts you apart from your competition, the importance of your brand, and much more. I had a great time talking to Brent, so let's jump right in and hear his story in his own words. I was asked by my daughter one day to uh, build a bed, or she asked me for a bed, really, and I started looking online and looking at this, and I was like, well, you know, what kind of bed do you want, this and that, and basically what it boiled down to is she said, can you build me a bed? And I said, oh boy, you know, with a jigsaw and a you know, I ended up buying a router, you know, tape measure, whatnot. I had the basic stuff. And from there, it went to, um, you know, I, bought, I borrowed my father-in-law's table saw for this one, too. And I bought some dimensional lumber and built her a bed. That was for one Christmas. I gave it to her for Christmas. She was ecstatic. And then it, that kind of snowballed into, you know, the normal YouTube university. I got the bug and went from there. You know, fast forward a couple of years. Basically, started taking customer work, you know, getting better at what I did. Things kind of snowballed from there as well. I mean, you know, your skills get better. People ask for things that you've never tried before. You know, pricing became a thing and, you know, just one-off pieces here, one-off pieces there. And, you know, I ended up finding my niche in building larger furniture items. You know, I've done the cutting board thing. I've done the flag thing. I've done the, you know, all the small items and whatnot. But my big thing that I enjoyed really the most was making larger furniture items, you know, beds, um, credenzas, not really necessarily built-ins or cabinets, but, you know, it kind of falls into the play that you can, you can build that stuff, whatever pays the bills at the time. Right. And I had a customer that 
asked for a solid slab table. So I had to build a router sled for it, you know, just to flatten it because who has, you know, a 30 inch wide planer in their shop. So I built a little wooden jig that I had and I hated it. And I knew I had two more jobs behind it that I needed a sled for. So I said, well, there's got to be a better way. I bought a, you know, rather large brand name sled and hated everything about it. I say everything about it. There's a lot of things that I did not like about it. That boiled down to, okay, there's got to be something I can do to build this and make this better. So I took all of the negatives that I didn't like from that and came up with basically the design I have now. I want to definitely get into what you're doing now with your router sled and that aspect of the business because I love talking with people who have furniture companies and then realize that maybe that's not the exact fit, but they want to stay in that realm and have an offshoot company from that that still uses the skills that they learned from their furniture company, but in a different way. So we're obviously, of course, going to be talking about that. But I want to talk a little bit more about your furniture company and and what happened there. And you said something that that jumped out at me that I really, really want to talk about. And you said you found your niche with building larger pieces of furniture. And that's great because it takes people a long time to figure out where they fit in the world of building furniture. And you said that you enjoy that. And that's also what people were buying. And that is a a great combination because there's a lot of people out there who are building things that they really enjoy, but nobody's buying. And then there's also a lot of people out there who are building things that they hate, but everybody's buying. And both of those are not great recipes for success when it comes to business. So how did you move your business into a place where you were building the things that you wanted to build with the customers who wanted you to build those things for them? Well, basically what that was is, you know, going through the YouTube university thing and and building myself up as a woodworker and improving skills and making small things and moving forward with who I am or who I wanted to be. At first, it really wasn't a business. You know, I mean, most of us, we all start out as just a hobby thing and we build something for somebody here, somebody there, and then they'll refer it to a friend or something like that. Right. Well, what ended up happening with me was I realized, you know, I didn't enjoy making the repeated cuts, you know, to make a cutting board or a flag or, you know, small, smaller items. And the more furniture pieces that I built, it it started to really show me that, hey, there's more to this. And from that point on, that's when I really I started getting really excited about things. And, you know, you build one and then next thing you know, the next person, that person refers you to somebody else. For me personally, it felt like the larger items is what I actually fully enjoyed doing rather than just making a bunch of the same thing over and over and over. Now that doesn't say I didn't I didn't stop making, you know, cutting boards and flags and whatnot, because that stuff sells. That stuff sells really quick and it's quick money to, to bring in whenever you needed some money. That that uh, you know, still to this date I'll try and knock out a batch of cutting boards or I'll knock out um a batch of bow ties, which is kind of funny. That's a whole different side story. Um stuff like that, that's all what I can what I consider is consumable money. 
So your consumables that are in the shop, that's the stuff that keeps your shop afloat. And then your larger items, for me, what I fully enjoy doing, yes, it might take a month, two months, because I, I do have a full-time job. You know, I would always let my customers know that I'm not fast. It's not going to come to you next week, but just give me the time and you'll enjoy You'll have a piece that'll last a lifetime. And that's that to me, that was what I really wanted to just push into people's lives. You know, they would come to me for a piece that they can pass on to somebody else from here to, you know, to their kids and even their grandkids, because it's just well built. I wanted to talk with you for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that I know that you are very business minded and I know that you also are doing this sort of part time, even though anyone who builds furniture, it's not really part time because it's it's a, a giant commitment to have to build things. And you're also doing other things like the cutting boards, the smaller things. You mentioned the bow ties as well. And you also have your router sled business as well. And that's a lot of balls in the air and i wanted to ask you and have you share how you're balancing all this because the idea of a furniture company and it isn't always that there's things going on behind the scenes either another job side jobs or smaller goods that you're making or having another business like you do and how do you balance all that and you can answer it from maybe a mental side like how do you keep it all straight how do you enjoy it all how do you decide what to put your effort in when but also from a scheduling side and uh, how are you actually sitting down and parsing out your time to be effective in all the different things that you do so basically the way that I used to balance that, I mean, I couldn't do it without my family. First of all, you know, the family is everything, you know, without their support, without their, their, their just complete knowing of, Hey, here you go. We're going to allow you this time. That is absolutely bottom line. The only way to do it. The job that I have now, I work as an operator in an oil refinery. So, that allows me, we have a really crazy schedule, so it allows me days off during the week without the family around. And that's basically how I built everything. You know, it, it on the weekends, uh, the only time I have my kids is on the weekends. I'm, I am a divorced father, so. And then, you know, during the week, I'll have, you know, two or three days off during the week at some point in time. So that basically allowed me the, the time to really hone in the skills and, not have to necessarily like most people juggle the family life and the the job life, you know? So while everybody's at work, I always have plenty of time here in my shop to, to do what I needed to do to build the business that I was making. It was, it was extra income. It was, you know, something that, that kept me busy. It keeps a mind going. You know, I've, I've always had, I've always had a mechanical mind. I've always had a, a something that, that just pushes me to, I need to learn more. I need to do more. I need to work with my hands. I need to work with something, right? So, in a previous, I used to I used to be in the Air Force, and I was actually a an aircraft mechanic, and that kept me busy. 
well, once I, once I got this job, this job's not very strenuous and it's not very mechanical. So I, I found myself getting really, really bored. From there, kind of snowballed up from the, you know, my daughter asked me for a bed and I enjoyed that. And now here we are making stuff for other people and making stuff for myself. And, you know, that, that struggle was always something because I knew I wanted to make more things for myself. So I had to have some sort of an income to, to pay for the tools that I was getting, the tools, you know, the everything else that, that involves in a shop and it's not just tools. You know, tools are a very expensive thing, but consumables, all the small stuff that really just kind of starts adding up. So the balance became actually, you know, those days that I had off were just more time for me to do the the furniture side of things, you know, like let me build this other piece or let me finish this piece or let me start another piece. That way, you know, everything kind of started lining up if I had more than one multiple customer at a time. And, you know, it didn't, it wasn't necessarily, for me, it wasn't the idea of actually building a business. It was just something that I fully and thoroughly enjoyed doing. And it fed my time. It fed my need for, for, my artistic side of things as well. You know, the mechanical side comes in, but being able to use my hands and work something and make something that came from my brain to give to somebody else, not necessarily give to somebody else, but, you know, for somebody else to purchase and have that in their home. Furniture making isn't for everybody. The business of having a furniture business isn't for everybody. And for some people, it's because they don't have the time for some people they can't find a market to sell their things for some people it's that they just don't have the skills either the selling skills or the building skills and for some people it's they don't pursue the furniture business because they see an offshoot from it they see something else that they could create using the ideas and the skills and the knowledge that they learned from having a furniture business, but they put it somewhere else. And that's what you did. You still build furniture occasionally, but that is not really where your heart, mind, and business lies. You've moved on to something else. So Share a little bit about what you do now and how you moved from having a furniture company and seeing that that wasn't the direction you wanted to go to what you're doing now. I was doing the customer work, you know, needing needing a tool for something that I didn't have, right? So being able to make something for a customer actually drove me into the business that I actually have now. And what that did, you know, I needed that tool, so I built it. I was just trying to help out the community at this point in time, right? I was just trying to give back what the community has given, given to me because, you know, the, the maker community is just absolutely, it's vast. You know, there's a, there's a ton of knowledge out there. So I made a Facebook post, you know, once I built the sled and I, I proved that it worked, it worked for, you know, the three jobs that I had that I needed it for. So I made the post. My inbox blew up. I had probably 500 messages. And then I had, you know, I, I let quite a few people know how I did it and whatnot and this and that. And a friend of mine called me and he's like, hey, man, you need to take that post down. So 
said, wait, what are you talking about? He said, well, you need to start selling these things. I said, man, I, I, you know, I, I basically told him, I was like, I'm not really interested in something like that. Again, my inbox is going off. The comments on this post are going crazy. And he said, why don't you do this? If you don't take it down, send me the parts list and I'll start selling these things. And I said, eh, I don't know. So we got off the phone and, you know, here we are about right about that 10 minute mark. I said, you know what? I need to take this stuff down. So I took the post down. And that's basically where the router sled business started. I like that you had instant success. And because of that success, you realized I need to back up. This is a real thing and I need to back up. And you weren't even planning for that. It was kind of like, uh, it was kind of, it just came out of nowhere. And that 10 minutes of your life, it must've been a very confusing time for you where you thought this is better than any of the furniture that I've done before. This has gotten the most response. Maybe, maybe I want to go in that direction, but it's such a, a big life decision to, to change what you're doing. So I can only imagine it must've been, uh, it must've been a little confusing in your head for a while there. It was a little confusing for that 10 minutes. And, you know, even, even after that 10 minutes, I still didn't, I still didn't fully say, okay, Hey, I'm going to build a business behind this. Right. That was just me saying, okay, Hey, this might be an actual niche that I can do. So what happened is I took the post down, you know, it took me probably a good week and a half before I actually said, you know what, let me try this and see what happens. So I purchased a, a, you know, a whole bunch of different materials to actually try and create a product because I looked out there and there was only two companies that were selling exactly a router sled, you know, and everybody has, has these issues. Every hobbyist and every big shop, small shop, it doesn't matter. Everybody's got the issue of how wide of a piece can I plane down? And so that, that was, a huge thing for me when I actually decided saying, Hey, let me go ahead and purchase these materials and see if I can make a product. And the actual troubleshooting and the prototyping and, you know, this and that, it took almost eight months prototyping different materials, making it exactly how I want it to be. Even after purchasing, you know, taking the, the negatives from purchasing the other sled into what I'll actually know what it should be and how I feel it should be for anybody in, in any shop. Not necessarily just a small shop, but a big shop or even a, a full production shop. Tested it out, tested it out, tested it out. And through testing, you know, I've bent router bits. I've, I've like exploded router bits. I've bent extensions. I've put it through every bit of paces that I can possibly can to basically say, all right, I can sell this without somebody trying to come back with negativity as a, as a product, right? And at first, you know, I, I sent quite a few out for testing to other people. They gave me their feedback. And even to this date, and, you know, this was four years ago, I believe. Even to this date, I still highly, highly, highly encourage customers to reach out to me and say, hey, this is a suggestion. Do you think this is possible? And I make changes from there. And that's how that's, that's how my sled has gone from this rude machine down to an actual precise piece of machinery that is more than capable of just uh, flattening slabs or flattening stock. 
you know, it's, 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 it's evolved into something that you can actually do joinery on, something that you can actually do, you know, for cabinet shops, you can do all the rabbits and dados and come to realize that anything a router table can do, this is an inverted router table. You know, it, it, there's more things that I, that I'm still discovering about the router sled still, even to this day. I talk about that aha moment a lot where you have that you're doing something else. Somebody's doing something else, another profession. And then they, they, their mind switches. They have that aha moment and they say, I'm going to be a furniture maker. But that's not to say that there can't be another moment after that. There can't be something that is just as exciting or makes the most business sense for you that you have that new aha moment and you move into something else. And that's what you did. You enjoyed building, you enjoyed furniture, but you saw this as a better business path, a way that you could differentiate yourself from everybody who's building the same things. Because as a furniture maker, it's hard to stand apart, but you saw a path that would help people build tables and help people build other things that made more business sense to you. When you realized that, was it hard to to say, I'm not going to build furniture anymore? Or did it just make sense to you? Well, you know, it got to a point where the customer business, building furniture for customers is tough. And it, if anybody tells you otherwise, it's it, it uh, I don't know what they're doing correct or wrong. But building furniture for other people's and and customer one-off customer work is really really tough. And I enjoyed it. I'm not going to say I didn't. I fully enjoyed it. But you know, just just being the niche that it was, moving towards the router sled thing, there was a good transition period. You know, where okay, hey. I would get an order here, I would get an order there, and it was all through social media, you know, one-off orders here, one-off orders there, and it built from, you know, it just built from one sled, you know, once I got X amount of people sold, I would buy one extra, you know, and moving forward from being a furniture-based type person or business, it was kind of, it was kind of rough, I can, I can say, it was actually kind of rough to say, oh, hey, Instead of building furniture, I'm going to build a product for people to build furniture. And when you have something that you think you have, it's, it's a product, the, the prototyping, the testing, the moving forward from here and there and, you know, trying different materials and whatnot, that became something that I found a little more enjoyable than just building furniture for customers, you know. Once I had an actual product that I can make, and then from there you go to your, how can you make this process better? How can you make that process better? It's, just, it's, it's almost exactly like building a furniture business. You have a product that you want to sell, and you just make your processes better. You, you try and make it faster. You try and make it more efficient. Basically, make more money off of it with less time. Does that make sense? That makes complete sense, and that is always what people are trying to do making making more money and using less time sounds like a, a great business plan to me right so you know from there it, it it just it really boiled into i actually enjoyed doing it 
you know, my, my woodworking shop quickly turned into more of a metalworking shop than a woodworking shop. And it was exciting to see that people have something that I created that's making their processes better. It's making their processes easier or, you know, it allows them to have more space in their shop because they don't have to have a piece of equipment laying in a two-car garage that they already have completely full. And then, you know, it doesn't take up the workspace. It does this. So I just, I really enjoyed the whole process of making a tool that helps others in their shops. This might be a a hard question for you to answer because you are not a trained inventor or a trained patent person or, or somebody along those lines that has necessarily studied bringing something to market. You stumbled upon this. I'm not saying that you didn't put a lot of work in, and I'm not saying that it's not a, a great idea and that you didn't work really hard bringing it to market, but it gained a lot of traction very fast. And then it was out in the world. There are people who are probably in a similar position to you where they're furniture makers or they're doing something in the furniture world and they have an idea for something that they know will make people's lives easier. And they know that can be a good product to bring but they don't necessarily have that background, that knowledge of what to do after the idea. For you, how did you actually, I know you prototyped it. I know you you were building them, but was there anything in your mind of how do I make this official? How do I make this so other people can't copy it? How do I show that this community that I love, this woodworking and furniture building community, how do I say this isn't just for free, this is going to be a business that I'm I'm going to be selling, I'm going to be making money on. This isn't just sharing, this now has taken another step. It's funny you say the... Uh... The whole copycat thing. <laughs> How can somebody not copycat this? But I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> the The idea went from, you know, really actually realizing what I had and what I, what I had made and the interest that was in it. I took that interest and I said, well, you know, if there's this much interest within, you know, a, two or three Facebook groups, then I wonder how much of the woodworking world would actually need this product. And that's why I took the time to find find certain suppliers. That was extremely hard. And still to this day, I, I, I completely try and find better suppliers or backup suppliers. You know, that, that really is the hardest part of my business now is trying to keep up with the actual supplies and the demands that I have and try and map that out. Once the idea came to, and I tested out this stuff and go from there it was basically how do i make this better you know how can i improve upon this how can i you know just not being in like like you said an inventor myself i'm not really an inventor but i found something that i would enjoy doing 
and I moved forward with it and I said, Hey, let me do this. I'm actually enjoying this. Other people are enjoying this. I'm going to make some money off of this. Of course, every business wants to make money. So as far as the selling to makers, you know, there's one thing between selling furniture to customers and then selling an item, a tool to actual people who have the same type of mindset. You know, we can basically look at something and say, oh, I know how to make that. Well, like I said earlier, it was eight months of testing, eight months of how can I make, how can I, why is it doing this? How is it doing that? You know, that's just, that goes really, and honestly, that goes back to my brain. I'm not necessarily trained or schooled on how to make a product or promote a product or invent a product or even market something. You know, it just, I fell into the the whole social media thing and I allowed other people to rely on their trust in me and the product that I, that I had made to really push me forward. So as far as copying, you know, anybody can copycat what I have. The pieces are out there, but it wasn't as simple as just looking at something and copying what I had made. Again, anybody can make this thing, but there's a lot of things that I, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of testing that I put into it to fix certain issues that still other people can't, can't, seem to solve i guess you can say imitation is the sincerest form of flattery and i know that you've probably heard that and you say i guess so but i'm trying to make a a business here so i i appreciate that people like what i'm doing but i'd rather it be my product that they're buying than trying to to make something similar and I hear what you're saying on that. And I think that the way you set yourself apart and the way you can set yourself apart in this business and by extension in the furniture business as well, and by extension in any business is with customer service and having good customer service makes people want to buy from you or work with you or interact with you, even if sometimes your price isn't the lowest and sometimes if your lead time isn't the shortest. Having good customer service is really important in any industry that you have. And you said earlier that you encourage people to reach out to you and and give you their feedback and talk to you about the items and help to make things better. Can you talk a little bit more on your idea of customer service when you were doing furniture and how it moved into another type of client, a a woodworking client or a furniture making client? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a completely different clientele. You know, somebody that wants a piece of furniture is somebody that's going to actually come up and say, hey, I'm looking to get this. And they'll send you, you know, a picture of Pinterest or something. And, you know, we can all look at it and say, "Okay, hey, I can make that. But an actual client for furniture business, they're a lot more picky in the sense of, you know, your vision of things, your artistic vision of, of making a furniture item. If you're not doing exact, you know, replica pieces of something you're not making you if you're doing one-off pieces 
your idea in the end may not be exactly what they had in mind. But then again, you don't want to go back and copycat every single thing you see on Pinterest because that's other makers. You're cutting into their market, right? So basically where it went from there, I mean, my customer service is I enjoy more now being a tool manufacturing and listening to my customers based on an actual product that I have because the only thing it can do from there is improve that exact product. You know, if, if I got a feedback from a customer that I built a, you know, a credenza for or a table for, that may be something I can listen to, but it's not necessarily something that I can move forward later because the next customer may not have the exact same, you know, expectations from that piece of furniture itself. You know, I have a single product and I don't necessarily have an actual warranty on it. I don't necessarily have, you know, any kind of guarantees or whatnots and whatnots, but in the end, there's not a single customer out there that I won't replace a part for. I won't, you know, bend over backwards to, to, to please them for because I know what product I've already made. You know, you mentioned, you know, other people can try and make this thing or try and figure this thing out. Yeah, they can figure it out without a doubt. They can figure it out. I have no, no quarrels in anybody ever trying to do things on their cell, on their own. If you want to look at, if you want to look at my product and try and figure it out, go ahead. Please, by all means, spend the time to, to look at it, to try and rebuild it. And, you know, however many hours you're going to put into this is what you're going to end up losing in the end rather than just buying a tool off the, off the shelf that, that you can put together and it's going to work. As you scale, you can't be all places at once. You can't answer every single email and DM. And sometimes that's fine. Sometimes people don't want that. They're ordering it. And if there's nothing wrong with it, then there doesn't have to be any interaction. It's just a transaction. But some people do want that that extra step, that extra personal step. And you're there to offer that. And your company can build in both of those ways where you do have that customer service available and you do have that just transactional side of the business. And both of those can do what they need to do. I talk with with people on this show about branding and branding is something that I like to discuss because when you have a furniture company at the beginning, sometimes you come up with a name and you come up with a brand and that changes and that changes over the course of your career to something else. And you go back and forth if you want to change your name and your brand because you have that name recognition, but it might not necessarily fit with what you're doing now. You, I feel like, are kind of in an extreme version of that situation where you have your your woodworking name and where people knew you and where your your roots grew from, but you also have this completely different business and you're in the process of straddling both of those things and trying to move 
the woodworking name and the woodworking brand that you don't really do anymore over to the router sled brand. How are you doing that? What's the what's been your process of of trying to switch that name recognition from what you did to what you do now? So that's actually a really I enjoy this question. So and I go back and forth with myself over this one quite often. And, you know, the actual brand of clean cut woodworking is, has been something that's evolved from a woodworking business all the way down to now being a tool manufacturer. It really, I've thought about changing this so many times, but there's really no reason to because at the end, that clean cut woodworking, which turns right into, okay, hey, that's instead of just woodworking, now I'm a tool manufacturer, I can move that name into the actual tool itself. So the CCW router sled, in air quotes, you know, that's the hashtag that I've built for myself through for social media. It really kind of carried over. You know, I've, I've thought about changing the brand. I've thought about, you know, maybe doing clean cut manufacturing or, you know, other other ideas, but the actual clean cut woodworking brand itself that I've built, you know, and we all build our brands nowadays through social media. I mean, we're, we're at the mercy of social media, you know, so the, once you make that brand and you go through and when I built my brand itself, you know, I didn't just find, you know, the willy nilly free logo service or, you know, trying to find out like what my what my brand is actually going to look like, what my colors of my brand are. You know, everybody struggles with these ideas. But the best thing that I can say for anybody that's trying to build a brand on a furniture business or any business whatsoever is don't set yourself at a point where you're going to look like everybody else. You know, for my logo itself, I actually built my logo. I, I hired an artist to build my logo. Your logo is your brand. Your logo is what everybody's going to look at, it, you know, no matter whether it's going to be social media, it's going to be on the street, it's on your business cards, it's going to be on the internet, it's on your website. That logo has to be something that when you're, you know, most of us building business brands, we're going to see the main thing we're looking at is social media, right? So as you're scrolling and you see, we don't look at, necessarily pictures of people now more people are moving towards the pictures but when you start scrolling and you start seeing the same type of logo over and over and over and all of a sudden you see another one you're like oh wait pause that half second pause that somebody takes is what's going to take your business from oh hey i just scrolled through to oh hey wait what is this what do they have the the whole branding side of things it just kind of flowed in you know, as a tool manufacturer now, as from the woodworking business that I had before, it's now basically flowed into, I'm not going to try and change my brand. You know, clean cut woodworking, who, who doesn't want clean cuts in their woodworking? That really kind of flowed into clean cut woodworking router sled. Yes, that's a mouthful, but that's where I've kind of set myself in play for the future. Because, I mean, yes, I don't see myself doing anything other than woodworking. I've tried... You know, I've I've tried welding, I've tried other different things through time, but in the end, woodworking is where 
my foundation is. That's where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to continue my business, whether it be a tool manufacturer or an actual business of, of making furniture. It's just, that's where I go. As far as customer service goes, you know, I, I, there is a slight disconnect in the, between being able to speak to every single customer and send them an individual invoice each and every single time. Now, I don't necessarily get as much customer interaction, but I can say every single time that a customer tags me in a post, I enjoy seeing what everybody's making with the tool that I've made. That what I enjoy seeing how that tool has made them a better shop or how it's made them given them more capabilities in their shop. You know, and, and if anybody ever tags me in a post, that post immediately, as soon as I, as soon as I look on social media, that post gets reshared in every way I can possibly reshare. Not only because of my brand, because I enjoy, I fully enjoy, I actually, I love seeing my customers work and what they're making and, and what other people are doing with the product that I've made. You have reinvented yourself. You started with a furniture company. You've stayed on the same path, but you've also veered off starting a woodworking tool company. And yes, there's a through line, but there's also a lot of differences as well. What's next for you? I have to wonder. Where are you going with this? Are you staying in the woodworking furniture world? Are you going more towards the tool manufacturing world? Where where do you feel like this is going next? Okay, so I would I'd have to say moving forward from here, there's not gonna really gonna be any more furniture customer based business because I've been doing the router sleds for almost four years. So so where I'm moving forward from there is, you know, it's not just a router sled business. You know, I've got Plenty, plenty, plenty of ideas for other tools that are, I've got one that's really close to being finished. It's another router sled, but it's not, it's not the exact same system. It's going to be, you know, something a little smaller, something that people can just pull off from a bench, do what they got to do and put it away. And I've got quite a few other tools that I've got on the prototype table. You know, it's, it's, it's a continuous, I've found myself to be, I'm not really as interested in being a woodworker for customers as much as I'd rather be a tool manufacturer now that that seems to have really I found I think I've found my, my, my calling and my niche to be able to provide tools for woodworkers I mean you know basically just in the end it's the the amount of things that are that that I have coming are they're just endless you know and it's it all really boils down to just listening to other other woodworkers and seeing what they're doing and saying, oh, hey, this machine might cost you, you know, $10,000 or $4,000. What if I can make something that's cheaper and it'll get you done just as easy? You know, moving forward, there's going to be a lot of, a lot of other tools that I would like to make, you know, and time constraints are actually a real thing. You know, that time that you have, to be able to prototype things and move on and, and test them and make more products, it's really short. For some reason, we always find a way. 
there's always a way if you if you have a passion for something which now with these router sleds it has pushed me into a passion of what can i do next how can i move forward how can i make somebody else's shop better from the very beginning it's always been the goal for me of this show to show people that there's not one way to have a furniture business. And I do that by showcasing as many different types of furniture businesses as I can. And this and you started as a furniture business and went somewhere else. And I want people to know that that is an option as well. You can take what you've learned in the furniture world and you can apply it to something else, whether in furniture or helping furniture makers or in something totally different, a totally different avenue that has nothing to do with furniture making, but uses the same skills and ideas that you learned building your furniture business. So for people listening who who either want to start a furniture company or have a furniture company and want to start a tool company, or for people who have a furniture company and are happy doing it, but feel like they want more or have a tool company are happy doing it, but feel like they want more. What's some advice that you could share from both of your careers, the furniture making and the tool making to help people listening? The best advice I can say, and, you know, even I don't live by this every second of every day, but don't limit yourself. Don't get caught in a rut and saying, oh, hey, this is what I'm doing. No, there's more than what you are doing. It's actually going to make, it may make you happier. It may make you more money. It may, you know, it may shift you into a completely different aspect that you never even thought your life would go into. Do not limit yourself. If you have something that you want to do, take the time, do your research, make it happen. You know, just don't sit back and watch everybody else do other things. Take your ideas, make them reality. And once those ideas become reality, fine tune your processes. You know, it's it's always a struggle to move forward from a certain thing to another thing, but it's okay to do that. If you have to rebrand to do that, if you have to completely go in a, an entire different direction, it's completely fine to do that. Nobody's actually going to look at you and say, oh, well, uh, I don't like you anymore because you did that. And if they did, then they probably don't need to be in your life. Do not limit yourself. That That's a perfect way to sum up this episode. And that's exactly what we've been talking about. I really appreciate you sharing that advice because there are people out there who need to hear that. So thank you for sharing. And thank you for sharing your knowledge and your ideas on both of the industries that you're in. And Thank you for sitting down and sharing your story with everybody listening. I truly do appreciate it. And I wish you nothing but success moving forward in whatever 
way you do not limit yourself in the future. No, thank you. I, I really appreciate being on here with you and having the invite to actually try and give some sort of insight to anybody else that's out there that may have an idea to move forward to better themselves or better their business. And this has actually been extremely enjoyable. I really do appreciate it. And it's been fantastic. Thanks so much for listening to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you like to listen. To learn more about the show, you can visit buildingafurniturebrand.com. And feel free to reach out anytime to say hey, ask a question, or suggest a guest for future episodes. Our email is hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can follow along with me on Instagram at thebuildwithethan, and I can't wait to bring you the next episode. This show is produced and edited by me, Ethan Abramson. Hope you enjoyed, and thanks so much for listening. The Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson podcast is proudly part of the Woodpreneur Network, the media network and community for wood entrepreneurs. Check out woodpreneurlife.com for more information.